Speaking of religious experiences, today we're talking about the Sabbath. Uh, yeah, uh, we should probably do intros for people who have no idea what the fuck this is. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Blank Bodies. I'm Hunter, and I'm joined as always by... Uh, John. And I am Sarah. And our lore bot... James. Oh my god. It oh. went off smooth. It went off smoothly. Nice. We got, we, got some w, we got some W. Just like 40. the third hit of DMT. Yeah. <laughs> Blasted right off. Blasted. All right. Boom. So. I'll do all right, buckle up, shit fucks. In terms of V five, I was wrong. These are yeah. not the uh, these are not the right. The, these are not the ones who got it right. Yeah, you you mean the the Sabat are kind of fucked up. Yeah, and V five definitely fucking yeah. Oh, they uh, guys, uh, you can't be the anti-hero with Sabat anymore. Ah, uh, nah. Eh. If you want to at your table, you it's can, fine. Yeah, but you like, can eh. change it, but canonically, you can't. Canonically, just, it's like... You can't just be like, we're the ones who got it right. We're going to fucking kill the antediluvians. It's like, nah, they're unhinged psychopaths. I mean, they might kill the antediluvians, but like, at what cost? Is that what you're supposed to explore here? How uh, far are you willing to go? I mean, if they were player characters, but in the new book, they're not explicitly written as player character yeah, things. Yeah, that's, that's one of the first things it says in the book, is that this book is not for your players. Mm. I.e. Guys, any of y'all that uh, that liked playing Sabat, you scared the hoes, and now we can't play them as PCs, canonically. No. You can do whatever you want, but uh, I'm pretty sure the majority of people that like to play Sabat players, y'all scared the hoes. <laughs> now, uh, Sarah, I have a question for you. As a hoe, yes. Thank you, hoe. Um... <laughs> Stating that this book, you know, is not for players, um, how much of this is like spoiler territory for someone who's going to be right. playing V? So little little TLDR. I yes. also have a question before we actually get into the episode. Okay, TLDR. Uh, this episode, we're not getting into major spoilers of like NPCs and disciplines and the paths and all of that in the new Sabat the Black Handbook for V five. That's what we're talking about partially, and also just the sect of the Sabbat. We're going to talk a little bit of how they were pre previously mm -hmm. and kind of how they're going for now. This whole Crash Course series is supposed to be more of like a vibe check of this is kind of roughly how each of the sects kind of feel. This is roughly how they're structured just so you kind of get an idea of like, hey, if you're wanting to run a game and have a campaign setting, these are themes and things you should look into for doing these. We do have a desire to do a deep dive series on each of the sects. That's like, more nuts and bolts and like, hey, who are the important players and how how do you actually like run these things in a game and what are things you should be doing and uh, okay. probably a more deep dive of the new Sabat book and things we like and don't like. And there's some there are some fun notes in the new book. I do enjoy it a lot. But uh, mild spoilers, not nothing like uh, game destroying or anything, but just kind of a hey, this is an overview of what the fuck to expect with Sabat now. Okay, cool. What, what was your question, John? Is this the episode that I bring back the baby eating jokes? I mean, yeah, actually. <laughs> actually, it's very fitting. <laughs> I'm Skipper, sad. You had a talk. Ooh. <laughs> you had a talk with some nice men in black. I know, I missed them. <laughs> <laughs> he misses them. All right. New well. World Order, I attempted. <laughs> I attempted to get the message across. Yeah. But. Yeah, so side note, the uh, here. for the deep dive, I think we're planning on setting up a Patreon poll of like which sect we're going to be doing as a deep dive mm -hmm. first, yes. but it'll be after 
the end of the Crash Course series, which will be the Anarch's last. I'm going to read an excerpt from the new book, just so everybody's aware of what we're getting into. Mm-hmm. We can count this as a slight uh, content warning. Uh, Major content warning. Yeah. Vampire, the game, deals with mature themes and story elements that some may find uncomfortable or that remind them of personal traumas. This can be especially true of the Sabbat, which deals overtly with violence, situations intended to harm the individual self sense of self, and relationships with authority and personal boundaries. It's worth calling out that these are story elements and themes. They are specifically not a license to traumatize players or abuse the trust between players. While the characters in a chronicle in which the spot plays a part may well experience dire circumstances, by no means should this should such situations or techniques be visited upon the participants of the game. That's like one of the first big blocks of text in the new Sabbat book. I think if you're going to approach a game with the Sabbat, you borderline need to approach it like a haunted house mm-hmm. where you need to damn straight up like let anyone involved know this is a lights on walk. This is a lights off. This is a full contact. Mm-hmm. Like if you, I would say you could run a super edgy, super hardcore game, mm-hmm. but you need to let your players know like I am intentionally trying to scare you, the players, not just your characters. I think that could be a lot of fun, but you need to get everyone's signature beforehand on that i wouldn't say to never do that i would say you have to know what you're getting into and your players do too and they should be seasoned players i don't think anyone's first game should be (laughs) no do not how do you make a role-playing murderer yeah do not bring your brand new baby players and just, like, yeet them into a Sabbat game? Like, even in, like, the old World of Darkness book, I'm like, don't fucking, no, don't do that. That literally reads as just, hi, I have trauma, and I'd like you to have some as well. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, very, I have dealt with some uh, very toxic players that used games with uh, the Sabbat as an excuse to do some very fucking horrendous things. And the excuse is, well, I'm in the Sabbat. It's fine. I'm supposed to be a monster. And I'm just like, yeah, I get that. But uh, we didn't talk about this. And we did not agree to you doing those things. And uh, you are lucky that I respect the other people at the table as much as I do. Yeah. Um, it's definitely. Flip it. I should have flipped it, honestly. Mm. It's definitely like a it's a McCamey Manor situation. I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone else is here into weird internet spooky stuff, mm-hmm. but like there are people who specifically sign up to go to haunted houses and stuff where they're going to get waterboarded oh, and whipped. Oh yeah, and yeah. like oh god, have you seen handcuffed? Uh, uh, Freaking, it's the 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 series on Netflix, Dark Tourism, where the guy goes to the extreme haunted house where it's just some guy and his wife in the woods that like people pay money to go to his house and they just basically like torture their guests. Like, actually waterboard them and, like, tie them up and beat the shit out of them and leave them in the woods naked and cold and all sorts of fucked up shit. That might be the one I'm talking about. Yeah. They were used to be in California and they were forced to move. I think it might have been them, yeah. There's a lot of controversy around them, but there are people who sign up for that specifically because they want to go through those experiences. Mm-hmm. If you want to do that at your role-playing table, I'm not going to say, like, you're doing anything wrong, but just have a combo. Yeah. Nobody's going to yuck your yum. Just make sure everybody's consenting. We have an episode on this. 
If you have problems thinking about that consent thing, go listen to that episode. It's episode yeah. five. Yep. No. Oh. Unless you want me to yuck your yum, and then you can pay me for that. Hey. No. Oh. Me too. Some people are into that. Oh, God. My trying to attempt to get the sabat down into a sentence, a definition of what this is, is the sabat is a militant, zealous sect that believes in the destruction of the antediluvians, comma, vampire supremacy, comma, and gaining ascension to the higher state of being that is the Dark Father, a.k.a. Cain. And they do this through cult building rituals and social Darwinism. Uh-huh. Gross. Yeah, so <laughs> this is not like, this isn't like, oh, we're going to be spooky and wear leather and do some, do, do our dark biddings. Like I'm bidding to, on a table. I love to lick knives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the... There this, is kind of one They're not like Anton LaVey anymore, oh, is what you're saying. Yeah, you, you, this has gone beyond uh, like Anton LaVey's silly, just like, ah, yes, I just, I'm doing these dark things with a snake so I can get a hot witchy ladies to sit upon my lap. Right, yeah. You know, like, no, this it's is. Not that anymore. No, this, this is cutting into themes where, like, this is like ruined countries and peoples. Like, this it's like not good. Speaking of ruining countries and peoples, what is social Darwinism? Strap in, everybody. Uh, yeah, basically social Darwinism is the, uh, philosophical theory that humans, uh, uh, live in different kind of groups and racial groups that are subject to the same laws of, uh, natural selection that Darwin talked about in his theories, but, uh, we're going to take it a step further. Uh, these, uh, social Darwinists believe in the, you know, you guys have heard the term survival of the fittest. Yeah, the social Darwinists are the ones that kind of came up with that term initially. And they believe that you can t- uh, select certain traits in groups of people that are superior and weed out the inferior traits. So that's eugenics. We're not going to yeah, get into that. Say, that's just eugenics. Yeah, we're not going to get into that super, super hard if you're kind of interested in like... But somehow mind eugenics when it comes oh, to... Oh, no, survival. mind eugenics is also like a cultural like yeah. genocide and shit like that is things that come up. We're not going to get into that right now, but these are themes that do get touched on. Very heavily. Very heavily. This shit did exist in the old world of darkness. A lot of people just kind of didn't get into it. Which is part of the reason I was uncomfortable with it back in the day. It's also, I'm not going to go super deep into it, Mm -hmm. but there was one specific group, a bloodline, from Old World of Darkness that I was Mm -hmm. curious if they would be brave. And I don't think brave enough is if they would be, they'd be able to write uh, the Frankensteins. Oh, the Blood Brothers. The Blood Brothers. But they were essentially, the Sabbat would eugenically build like skinhead neo-Nazis who were uber stupid and uber just like, oh, I'm strong. I will walk through walls to kill someone I've been set upon. Mm-hmm. Super cool as an enemy, but I could definitely see why they wouldn't tread that. But I mean, that's been in there from the beginning. They are absolutely eugenicists and... Yeah. Because uh, they were specifically uh, Zemitsi. Yeah. They were Zemitsi pet projects. Yeah. If you're interested in learning about this further so that you can kind of handle this topic, I think, responsibly or give it the kind of weight it needs. Um, the guy who came up with this idea is named Herbert Spencer. He was a peer of Darwin from back in the time period. He's actually credited with coining the term survival of the fittest. 
Um, yeah, so, <laughs> uh, if you want, like, at least a lighter kind of introduction to these kind of things, um, I have a reference about more research later on. I did make a point, because I talked about, um, Umberto Eco's Ur-Fascism in the Camarilla book, and I went through the Sabbat, and they checked a lot more boxes. Like, a lot, like, most of the boxes. Most of the boxes get checked, or at least a half check. Like, and I even went through Old World Sabbat, where you're like, oh, they're not necessarily the bad guys, and I'm like... I mean, nobody is morally the good guy generally in a vampire game, but like these guys just kind of take it and you're just like, oh, you, you took, you took the evil football and went all the way to the end goal. Girl, why are you still running? Girl, you didn't have to, you can, you can stop. You can, oh God. She out the stadium with the evil football. Just, just I, running into the ocean. Yeah. Just a full, <laughs> you know. I, I still say that was my favorite part during the research. You were mm. like, do they have a mythical time before? And I'm like. Yeah, it's the time before the antediluvians ate Cain's progeny. That's there. Everything was good until this. Yeah, that's just... I mean, I guess if people want to watch me get stressed out and sad, I could go through the 14 points from Ur-Fascism at some point in a stream and be like, let's go through this sect and this checklist and see what they actually cross. Oh, we could do a whole episode about that. Oh, God, yeah. Because it's one of those... I I don't think having games that have heavier topics should be something that keeps you from doing that. Like, But also people should be aware of these things and make sure they're not like accidentally putting it in a good light. Or, uh, you know, accidentally getting themselves into thinking, oh, this idea seems jazzy and fun. And I'm like, no, it's not. This is bad. This is all bad. Don't, no. Do not do these things in the reels. And it's definitely bonus content material, but if you want to see a role-playing book that gets into, like, darker topics and approaches it incredibly well, I personally would recommend Harlem Unbound, the recent Call of Cthulhu setting book. Yeah. Um, it's Harlem in the, I believe, 1920s oh, shit. from a black perspective. Nice. <sighs> but it's almost all POC writers and... Uh, super well written um i think that would be a good it's a good counter i would say that book is almost essential for call of cthulhu if you're playing one of the um like historical settings because it does kind of address a lot of things that when people are like oh it's a pulp game that kind of get brushed under the rug yeah (laughs) yeah where it's like ah you're playing call of cthulhu i hope you're playing a white man a straight white man. Oh, yeah, no. A man better be the straightiest straight. Uh-huh. Uh, well, or yeah. at least I'm just a confirmed bachelor. Are you a midnight yeah. botanist? <laughs> That's one of my favorite old-timey uses for a gay. That's so good. But, yeah, so to give context to part of the reason why we're trying to be so uh, heavy on the this is not something to fuck around with. It's like it needs to be given a little bit. You can fuck around with it, but, like, give it. No, don't punch the mic. You can give it some weight and respect because, you know, if you're going to cover your heavier shit, you need to be aware of what the fuck you're doing and be somewhat of an adult about it. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about what the Sabbat was like in the old world. Neither the mindless barbarians nor the infernal zealots, others who know of them portray them to be, vampires of the Sabbat run dangerously close to becoming so. That's from Guide to the Sabbat, page 11. Yeah, I cited shit, bitches. So... Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know how many of you guys dealt with Sabbat, uh, in Old World System. Uh, we never got into it. I think yeah. the games that I always played, when I say we, I mean me 
personally the people I've always played with. We always did more Camarilla and maybe you're an Anarch, but we didn't get too into it, like city politics and like more like street level gameplay. Yeah. To where you're like such a low level vampire that like it doesn't really matter to you. You're just like, I'm just struggling to survive, and I'm getting sent on jobs. As I said, the main crux of the old world story I was going for was seeing if I could convert the city into a Sabbat city. And not like, meow, shovelhead time, just a slow burn throughout the campaign. Be like, you guys are free to choose whatever you want. I mean, again, I wasn't like gaslighting them into it. I was like, being like, hey some ideas what are we doing with this just seeing how it would how they would go what choices they would make and be like also be able to look at them and go okay if you guys just went straight sabat and immediately went murder hobo here's a mirror go see a counselor (laughs) she's kind of girl boss the situation yeah yeah my parents played sabat but they were like monster hunters Uh, yeah because the the most people I know that have dealt with Sabat in their game tend to either have them just be like cannon fodder bad guys, or if they did play Sabat, it was kind of like edge lordy, like anti hero stuff, kind of like if you were the Punisher. You know what I mean? Where it's like you're the good guy, but like, are you really? Like, but the Punisher that didn't read the Punisher comics? Yeah. Or, um, fucking, oh god, ah, uh, shit, I'm trying to remember this character. If fucking, uh. No, 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 no. Moon Knight is a fucking treasure. How dare you? The darkness, whatever the fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where you're just like, you're the head of the mob and you get killed and a demon takes over you. And you're mostly tearing apart other mobsters and criminals anyway, but you're also just like expanding. He's also just expanding his criminal empire. Yeah. So like, you are literally a villain, like sending people's soul to hell, but they're also like other like very stereotypical like gangsters half the time. So you don't really care. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot of what I, I have seen and or read, um, except for the couple of interactions I've had where I went, oh, no, no, <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm going to, this is not safe, this is not safe, daddy, take me home and get me ice cream, I don't like this. It, I, it, it, there is a reason why certain other people in the tabletop RPG groups, uh, when they hear, oh, you play vampire, they will quietly, like, leave. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. So up until recently, that this shit was kind of part of the reason why. Yeah, uh, I've talked about it many times out of here. I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the podcast, but uh, it's definitely a fandom rule. Nine times out of ten, guys, uh, your fandom gets judged on the loudest, douchiest assholes. Because they're the ones that are seen the most, sadly. Yeah. Like, that's the reason why they've got the... Sadly, the Klingon hate for the Klingons that don't lose their crap. The furries that are literally over in the corner and everybody's like we're we're normal but the sex pastor over there and much like vampire the masquerade we get labeled as oh is this gonna be a weird you working out your angst and trauma while we all watch and participate well that that that's in a lot of vampire games so i feel like the real stereotype was oh that's the game for school shooters yeah whereas like you know everyone's like oh warhammer the game for like actual nazis and (laughs) oh yeah like that's yeah which is a little unfortunate 40k yeah well 40k's lore is amazing orcs are the Best thing ever. Yeah. Which, side note, or kind of unfortunate thing about that is, yeah, no, the Sabbat, while they were very incredibly uh, violent and they did practice a lot of 
the culty uh, ritual things and uh, the 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 violence and you know uh, things. Um, sorry, what? I was okay. Gonna do the, I was gonna do that point. That you're oh right yeah, there. well they you know they did the the cultic ritual things and the blood bonding and shovel heading and which we'll get into later. Uh, they they did? did have a loose structural organization and they actually even had like a code of ethics that they kind of agreed on called the Code of Milan. Yeah, and the sad thing is, I again they have hardline made them villains in this one. The Code of Milan, if you read it, is actually pretty good. Like it's pretty much just kind of like. A militant structured anarch code? Am I getting that right? Ah, uh, no. It's reading through it. It's like half of it is like half of like parts of it are like they took like the couple of things from like the six traditions that weren't like complete shit. Yeah. And then they just it's kind of a lot of um like Levain Satanist kind of stuff where it's like, you know, respect other people. But if they disrespect you in the slightest, fucking destroy them. Yep. I did like that their last addendum was just like question all authority at all times. And if they tell you not to question them end them, I'm like, I'm not against that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, Except but... for new world order. I never question you. I will say in general, this is probably, there's some very pro Satanist thoughts on this podcast. Yeah. But... I, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm registered. So hey. I guess I would, my ideology falls closest to Discordianism, so meaningless. Yeah, but it's get out. <laughs> Nord. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, yeah by the 1990s and 2000s, the spot had matured into like a rather sizable sect and had some general vague organization, and they had they were big enough that they actually had factions with inside of them, and the biggest one was called the Black Hand, which was kind of like the spot like special ops like. Yeah, they were supposed to be the guys literally going after the Antiluvians. Now it's just like everybody's. I, the I'll black. get into that. I'll get into that. The, I'm just still thinking about. We're, the, we're talking about like before the V5 books right now. Okay, cool. I need to have a moment real quick. Yeah. What the fuck happened to Montreal? Well, we'll get to that. Okay. That happens. Yeah. But yeah, they yeah the spot we had a big network. They controlled big chunks of like North America and parts of South America, and they had little chunks in various other parts of the world, basically. As long as your the area wasn't too uh, modernized, quote unquote, the Sabbat probably had a pretty good foothold in there. Mm -hmm. They had several clans that were in the Sabbat, let alone like ones that were just exclusively in the Sabbat. Yeah, pretty much La Sombra and Zemitsi. Yeah, and then uh, a Gehenna happens. Yup. So and guess who was right on that one? Yeah, but uh, in current nights, uh, to quote the book. To oversimplify, what the spot wants is freedom, complete and total freedom. This obsession, this obsessive desire for total personal freedom at the expense of every other possible consideration starts and arguably ends with the antediluvians. Sabat, page 77. Yes. If you want to read it yourself. If anybody wants to do a dramatic reading of the update, this is this is what we're dealing with now. Mm -hmm. What they've become now. In the final nights. The Sabbat is at once an unpredictable hive of clashing orthodoxies and a terrible, relentless monolith. The apocalyptic Gehenna War has crippled its former leadership structure and robbed it of its most potent elders. 
Almost the entirety of the Black Hand's former domain have been seized up by rival sects, even as the Second Inquisition harries the Sword of Cain at all turns. Tonight, the Sabbat is smaller than it has been since its foundation, fighting a desperate war against enemy sects, mortal hunters, and the antediluvians themselves, all of which means tonight Sabbat has nothing left to lose. <laughs> this is so much scarier than the old books, and it's part of the reason why I like it more. It's just like, oh no, oh, this is actually terrifying now. Because now they're desperate. And- yeah, because now instead of just a bunch of fucking edgy like anarchs that are just like, mm, I just want to kill people and be in charge because I'm better than other people because I'm a vampire or a canine. It's like, no, no, no. These guys are fucking like dunked in the flavorade, like absolute fucking just deranged, and it's just like, oh no. It's literally the kindergarten gremlin that you're just like, oh no. That thing doesn't understand <laughs> that it's made of flesh. Yeah. It just understands pain and id. Mm-hmm. And it likes it. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the rough of Sabbat society now is... Uh, the Sabbat now, their numbers are so crunched that the Sabbat and the Black Hand are now used interchangeably in the new book, which leads me to believe that any of the Sabbat that are left... Our former black hand, which means these are guys that are like strapped and know what the fuck they're doing and they are terrifying and they are trained and they don't give a fuck. Now, this this is kind of a cleanup from something that we will go into more in future episodes, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But over the old world of Darkness Line, yeah. they had to uh, release more books. So a lot of the things that were supposed to be secret and scary, first they'd get revealed and then they'd become player options, and then those player options would get full stories, like fleshing them out as like relatable um, characters that you can actually like feel sorrow for for their plight, which takes a lot of the fear of them away. And this says fuck that to all of that. Mm-hmm. The Black Hand used to be when they made um, the Sabat player characters. Then they made the sect, or sorry, then they made the sect inside of the Sabat the Black Hand that was kind of sold as. The Black Hand is everything the Camarilla says the Sabbat is. They basically tried to take the scary Sabbat and be like, oh, that's just the Black Hand. We have all that. But now they've said, we're wiping everything out. It's just every bad thing you've ever heard. That's all there is, is pain and sorrow and fear. And as I said, my tinfoil brain theory is just, y'all scared the hoes, and now we can't have nice things. It's like, well, you can. I mean, it was never nice things. It was never nice things. It's just, if you want to have your kind of edgy anti-hero that doesn't play by society's rules, you can just put him in the Anarchs. Bam. Yeah. Which we'll talk about more in detail in the next chunk. You could even do it in the Camarilla, but... Yeah, honestly. <laughs> just, goddamn McGillicuddy, uh, turn in your gun and your badge. <laughs> uh, basically, the Sabat serve one purpose, which is tear it down. Tear it all down. Not just the Camarilla... And not just like any whatever the fuck the Anarchs think they're doing and tearing down the Second Inquisition. They're talking about tearing down society, like the account, like fucking everything. Because they view that the Antediluvians, that their power is so far reaching that it, it gets into the cam and therefore into everything that the kind are doing. That any sense of society or civility is something that the Antediluvians will use as a shield to protect themselves. Hmm. All right, then. Yeah, so it's just like, oh, no. It's a good thing they've never got their hands on nukes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be a thing that we need to talk about. Yeah, but the 
But those, the people that I've seen online that have complained about the spot being like, oh, just a bunch of mindless murder hobos now. Like, no, there is still tact and planning within it. There's just any lack of um, decorum. This is a full and total war situation, and they split their tactics between uh, a hot war, which is active, like, engagement and infiltration and destruction, and then a cold war, which is more infiltration and subversion and, you know, sending people into, like, little anarch caves being like, hey, don't you just want to go ape shit? <laughs> yeah, they uh, they definitely make it a point in the book that they don't tell, the, uh, tell you to have the sabbat just wantonly murder for no good reason. They're like... You should at least, like, have a reason. Like, they they have some goal. You might not understand it, but it isn't just, well, fuck that barista. Yeah, it's just not like a fucking, um, it's not like a field of locusts coming through and just destroying everything wantonly. Like, their numbers are so small that they do need to have some strategic, like, strikes and plans. Yeah, they they have an idea. If they make a crap load of shovel heads... To destroy a city. They probably just wanted to kill one building. Mm-hmm. But they just went with the tactic of, fuck it, let's burn it all. Yeah. That was still a tactic. And they're not subtle when no. they do things. Which is part of the reason why uh, the Second Inquisition has keyed in on them so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, there's notes about that in uh, the Chicago by Night book. That part of the reason Detroit is so fucking terrifying in that setting is it was a Sabbat stronghold. Then a bunch fucked off to Gehenna. Wherever the fuck that is. And... Uh, those who remained in Detroit were fucking around and the uh, first light showed up and just started like rooting them out. So just Detroit is just covered in uh, second inquisition agents and maybe a couple of the Sabbat who are smart enough to not get caught, which is terrifying. Gehenna is actually somewhere in the Middle East slash Europe. It does say that in the book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, morals. <laughs> what are, what are the thoughts on things with the Sabbat? Um, Basically, the hand of Cain will provide their devotion and their worthiness to the Dark Father's blessings. Thereafter, they will be rewarded by becoming perfected themselves as Cain was and is. That's like their moral. That, yeah. yeah. That one right there. They, yeah. they believe they have swallowed the Kool-Aid in a pyramid scheme that had absolutely no promise. And they're like, if we kill the antediluvians, Cain will be so happy he will make us big boys. Well, the thing is, it wasn't even like a pyramid scheme. It was just kind of a rough, like cult-like promising of the constantly, you know, the cult tactic of like constantly just being like, the end is now, the end is now. You got to act now. You got to do something. You got to be ready because, you know, daddy's coming and he's going to make everything better. But until then, you just have to do these terrible things and don't worry about it. You're blessed because, you know, you're a, a canite. And you're better than all of these filthy non-believers, and you should just do what we're telling you to do. Don't eat me, please. We're I also am against authority of any kind. You know, contradictory logic and all that. So it's more like a cult. Yeah, it's basically a cult. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, one of the, the big things um, that makes the Sabbat really different from any of the other sects is uh, they don't really do the clan thing. All vampires are canites. Any, mm-hmm. any kind of curse from your clan is just a stain that's left over from the, uh, uh, the sin, the sin of the antediluvians. So just they don't part that it's part of their when you join the Sabbat, they try to differentiate you and separate you from your connections from other people by being like, no, you're a canine and you're better than other people and you should just do diablerie and whatever wanting you want to do because you're powerful and that's how you achieve godhood. See, until that part, I was like, that's not so bad. 
like being like, no, there's there aren't there aren't clans. Like we don't got to fucking worry about that shit. That seems cool. But then you're like, they're using it to separate people. They're culty. Yeah, yeah it's that's culty. The, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On paper, there's a lot of things that like somebody's It's like, oh, this could be good. Ah, the way you uh... the way you actually implement it. And... Yeah, yeah. Like not having to worry about someone not liking me because I am. I don't know, Bruja instead of just, a Toreador. No. Not having to worry about that. That'd be cool. Or a dirty Tremere. Well, fuck the Tremere regardless. Uh, the <laughs> they don't uh, count because they're not actually like of the blood. Mm. Right? I mean, well, right? no, no, they'll still take them. Uh, oh, they shouldn't. Kind of. No, it's shouldn't. eh. Eh. Again, eh. they don't recognize the clans. Yeah. Yeah. Now they probably would. I know in the old world there was a big, because the Zemitsi were a clan. They were like a pillar. They were a pillar of the Sabbat, and back in the day, they're just like Tremere. Ha ha ha! No. Yeah. Well. Except good. for Goratrix, you're cool. Um, but they're not cool, and we're still gonna eat you. But also, ha ha. Yeah, it was a whole thing. But yeah, there weren't really Tremere in the Sabbat previously, and now I would assume there th- it would be fine. I have to check that. But it would also, from what I know about the Tremere and their handlings, would. Most likely just not. Maybe a stray couple, but... Yeah, I know that there was, like, Gortrix, and he had, like, a handful of followers in the Sabah, but not large numbers. But, yeah, if a Sabat vampire has to refer to themselves as a clan, they say anti-tribu, which basically means, like, anti, anti-living, anti-clan. So they'll be like, um, uh, anti-tribu, Nosferatu, or Nosferatu, anti-tribu. Hmm. So if they have to acknowledge it. But that also makes interacting with them difficult and alien because most other vampires are very ensconched in their clan and as part of their society and acknowledging like hey i have these traits and certain things that like me and my you know cousins and friends do and then you meet this person who's just like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about Hmm. we're all we're all children of cain and you're just like wait what the fuck who what this guy looks like a gang girl, but he's doing blood sorcery. What the fuck is going on? Hmm. Yeah, that got real fucky in the old world. I'm kind of glad they ha- didn't even think to touch on it. Was that some of the anti-tribute versions of clans mm-hmm. even had got different disciplines. And there were different discipline powers. Not that there's not discipl- new disciplines in this book. But they're like specifically ones for like anti-tribute versions of clans. Hmm. Or at least they're presented that way. Yeah. And it just got messy. Yeah. yeah, there are new disciplines in the Sabat book that are more geared for a Sabat character. And you can pick some of them up if you want as a player character just to be like, oh yeah, I learned this from a guy who was kind of fucking weird or I escaped the Sabat or I was an infiltrator trying to, mm-hmm. yeah. There there are plot ways where you can nope, integrate this. Sarah's and, right. What? Well, no, they're not mentioned in what, the guide the, to Sabat. Hmm? The Tremere are not mentioned in the guide to Sabat. I know, I looked. Yeah, I was like, yeah. There is an excerpt that explicitly explains, like, oh, yeah, we sent some guys. I'm assuming they're all dead now. Oops. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which does totally make sense. Yeah, and continuing the the vampire supremacy thing, yeah, Cainites, which is what the Sabbat refers to themselves as, said Kindred, uh, see themselves as above mortals. They embrace the changes done to them as something that brings them closer to the divine. Because, you know, Cain was directly cursed by God. Curse blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. The, the Sabbats see that as a blessing, not a curse. Yeah. So dealing... God was like, good. I'm glad you killed your brother. That was a fine gift for me. Here's a, here's a cookie. Here's a cookie. And don't share it with other people. And he's like, I'm sharing this fucking cookie. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, 
Uh, the beast that, you know, when you're playing a normal game of vampire and you're having to fight against to, like, not do a bad thing, mm-hmm. uh, they're just like, yeah, fuck that, do all the bad things, listen to it. You and well, it should be one. Depending on which path, some of them are like, no, master that beast. Others are like, no, go with it. Well, there's different ways of mastering it, which we can get into in a spot deep dive. Bingo. Basically, it is an embracing of it in some fashion to Mm -hmm. the point where uh, they don't have humanity. Mm-hmm. Which is also another reason why if a sabat shows up, you just go, oh, something's not right. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, like, you know, when you see like courtroom videos of like mat, like serial murderers and you just look at them and you go, oh, they only have the lizard brain on. And you just go, oh, mm-mm. bad time. Hmm. And um, part of this also goes into uh, acquiring disciplines and strengthening your disciplines because the power of your blood is a representation to how close you are to Cain and the overall power that you have as an individual. Yep. And it kind of, I, I kind of fell it into like, it, it, you know, like a commodity fetishism and kind of equated it into like now like a blood or discipline fetishism, which was something that comes from Karl Marx. I'm not going to get into Marxian theory too much. Mm-hmm. But base, the basics of uh, commodity fetishism is uh, you separate the value of goods from the people who make it, which is kind of the society now where it's like, buy more product and then be excited for more product. Um, and if you kind of want to... come out my Magic the Gathering habit. Oh, like I that. absolutely will. Uh, and it's, it's fine if you enjoy things because they give you small bits of joy because the economy sucks and that's fine. But, you know, also being aware that... Somebody had to make that cardboard that your magic cards are printed on and design the art that's on it and being aware of those things. And it's kind of a a parallel to that in the spot and the way they handle blood is they've kind of separated like disciplines and blood from the like the human element of it. So they're just kind of snapping people up and eating them and spilling blood kind of willy nilly and taking things into their own. So they've separated the uh, problem of diablery from themselves in doing this because they're just like, I just need to be more powerful. That guy has more power than me. Yonk. Ignoring the fact that that person might have had friends or a life or any sanctity of being alive. Hmm. And that that's kind of what makes this also the heart, what would be the hardest part about playing a Sabat as a player character. Um, I mean, it, the book straight up says not to, but one of the biggest focuses in V5 is on feeding predator types um how you get your blood how you emotionally relate to how you feed you know you can be a bagger you can have to like knock people out and drink on them when they're sleeping even like the most like back alley like murdering people and stuff it's like you get stains for that and it's very openly seen as a bad thing and a dangerous thing to be doing like you're more likely to get you know caught as a masquerade violation if you're openly tearing someone's heart out and eating it in a back alley versus like sexy dancing someone in the club doing a little sip right so if you to play a character who has absolutely no emotional attachment to that source anymore well let's be real we have i don't think i've brought it up i don't know if anybody's brought it up yet it's one of the uh it's one of the parts that i like in v5 feeding actually matters like it used to be like that in old world games where people would just be like, ah, shit, I'm low on blood points for this fight. Give me a second. <laughs> oh, look, I'm back up to it. What? I ate, like, a family. I didn't kill them, but I, like, I made them all real sleepy. They're going to sleep in that Wrangler right now. No, but I we did it. I, I rolled and I rolled and I did that. We we made jokes about, like, ripping open, like, a blood Capri Sun. But that's, like, legitimately what, in the old version, but that's legitimately 
how they interact with this. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is it's just like that's just like going back to old world where you yeah. just be like, ah, shit, I need some power ups. Yeah, and this kind of uh, vitae fetishism that the Sabbat does, I think, also further adds to the cult-like behavior and the separation of them from other vampires. So, it, like, once you start going down into this, like, road of the Sabbat, I think it's going to be really hard for a character to come back the fuck out because you're just so detached from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that's, like, something you could really use to hammer home the horror of these characters to your player if feeding is something that you kind of make pronounced in your game, you know, you talk about them. Like I said, having to find a sleeping victim or going out of the way to make sure their victim's sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could see a character who's a Sabbat person physically like waking someone up just to scare the shit out of them before they fed on them. Something that's just like so morally opposed to how your their character survives that they see the evil in that now again you know talk to your players and stuff but that's that that is one of the biggest ways i think to put in front of a player that these are feelingless remorseless like scary characters well uh, it's there's, e- oh go ahead there's actually uh proof that they do that in the books they, they literally are just like what do you do uh well we want blood that helps advance our disciplines or has good residence so a resonance uh, so they would. That is definitely something they do. They'd be like, "Oh, can I scare the tits out of them before I kill them? Maybe that'll get, maybe that'll up their resonance." Let's go. Or I could do an experiment where I kidnap this person and keep them in a warehouse for months or years, uh-huh. and then do it. And it's like, oh, uh-huh. this is this has gone beyond a oh, I drank drug blood and now I'm a wizard, which is this is this has gone somewhere where it's like, oh, this is actually a trauma. Oh, do we? If you want to delve into this as a as a story, go for it. There that there are some elements of this I'm probably going to bring up in the the game that I'm writing to put on stream because it just because I, I think these heavier topics are very fucking interesting and make for a good story, but they do need to be handled in a way that's uh, as responsible as you can. I don't have a better way to say it. <laughs> just I'm like, do it just responsibly. Just you know, be aware you're probably going to be on an FBI watch list if you're writing for this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to my CIA man, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. He's just stealing all your plot points. Oh god, if he is, he's just running a campaign. Oh, somewhere. what a bitch! Yeah. Fuck, Fuck you, CIA guy. I'm right. Think here. of your own ideas. At least, like, write up a character sheet for me. God yeah. damn. But I'm right. But yeah, here. Uh, if you're interested in this kind of idea of uh, like commodity fetishism and social Darwinism and how those thoughts kind of affect society. Um, there's a really good, I count it as a crash course video uh, from Philosophy Tube called uh, Charles Darwin versus Karl Marx that does a really good job of trying to introducing these ideas and uh, counterpoints to them. So, eh, research, I've done it. Yay. Um, yeah, we did talk a little bit already about how um, because the Sabbat makes such a concerted effort and point to strip humanity from them because they see it as a weakness, like a spiritual weakness conviction weakness that uh yeah it, it's hard if you're just like you know a vampire bro just chilling to like go up to another sabat guy and go hello fellow kindred man how are you doing this evening and they're probably just gonna like click at you and skitter into the darkness and you're just like what the fuck who yeah there's some fluff oh, pieces where that there's definitely excellently written fluff pieces where you're just like this is genuinely fucking upsetting like this is 
Woo! This came that out. Nosferatu who got Ooh. seen. Yeah, he in was like. Skate and then the some guy looked at him and then just clicked at him. And I'm like, oh no. This book came out during the spooky month. So I'm very like, good job. Good job on pushing this back to the spooky month. This was a very spooky read. I enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah, the uh, lack of humanity doesn't just extend to like, oh, I'm better than other kindred because, you know, I'm working closer to be the cane daddy. It extends in the other direction to they mortals don't register to them as like anything to worry about. They look at humans much like we might look at chickens. Hmm. And it's just, yeah. So just doing anything to mortals just doesn't register as like a problem. So, you know, like if you might've seen videos of like people that work in slaughterhouses and they're just so used to the fucking grind Mm -hmm. of having to process these animals that they just kind of don't give a shit if they have to like kick certain animals just to get them into the fucking trough and shit like that. Yeah. And the book, uh, the, the spot book itself has a really good blurb about um, post-humanism and what that could mean theme-wise in a game. And I know that idea can be kind of hard to wrap your brain around. <laughs> so I have another YouTube recommendation. It's a long fucking video, but it's really good. He does, it's by CJ the X, and it's called Jeff Bezos versus Bo Burnham. And it's a deep dive into Bo Burnham's inside and um, transhumanism and how we're basically all just cyborgs now because of the internet and our cell phones. Hey, hey, hey. Remember, that video is about... The song, Jeffrey Bezos. It's Everything so, else is, it is secondary. Yes, it is a two hour long video about a 50 second song. But he gets, but he does expand into the whole album as a piece and about how um, just because of the way we've had to grow up with the internet, the way that we, like, even just millennials interact with each other is so vastly different than other previous generations. And the Zoomers and, like, Generation Alpha, they're going to be so much more intense into that. And Wait, is the next one called Generation Alpha? Yes. Jesus. Yeah, the little bobbies now that are, like, uh, 7, 8, 9. Alpha. They're going to the next alphabet. We ran out of letters. Uh, yeah, just because they're so entrenched into the internet and meme culture and using technology, the way they are going to interact with themselves is going to be so different. That I mean, when the water wars happen, We yeah, might course. not, like, we millennials might not be able to relate to them once they hit teenagerdom. I don't care. So I, I don't know about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely the youngest here, but yeah. not by a huge amount, mm-hmm. but enough that I have friends who have younger siblings yeah. who are like late teens. Some kids, some of their parents are just getting it on a lot. I have some mm-hmm. friends who have like little brothers who are like 13 or 14. Yeah. Um, and what I've found is that a lot of those kids are pushing back against the internet so much. I mean, a lot of them don't even use social media anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're actually striving more towards some sense of authenticity that is like completely disappeared online mm-hmm. that um, I get along with a lot of those kids better than I do with like some of the gen- like just irony poisoned like Gen X people. Yeah. Like. No, that's fair, but. That wasn't the crux of the video. That was just a portion of it where uh, they talk about, you know, people that grew up with tech have a certain way of relating to each other and how we have a culture of like inside jokes and communications and we tend to relate to each other in an almost hive mind because we're able to ping each other instantly and get information instantly. And I found some parallels in that to how the Sabbat is now because they have such their own inside rituals, inside language, their own thought bubbles and they're just in insular in their own way that sabat characters um 
they'll have a completely different moral code and they might get upset about the fact that they didn't eat that guy because his blood looked like he looked really powerful. I should have absorbed that into myself and I didn't. Yeah, they're going to And they might guilty. have, yeah, they might have an existential crisis over that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, this is something we'll have to uh, reapproach later on. I know we've talked about doing a ShrekNet episode and um, that'll probably, my fingers... Mm-hmm cross but i'm guessing that's going to come up more in the second inquisition book probably um, i'm hoping I'm so but that's also goes along with a lot of stuff i've been researching on a personal level mm-hmm. but uh we can let's move on yeah, yeah. Yep. that was just some like ah there's some parallels here that i'm just like oh this is kind of interesting um but yeah uh where is i yeah so the uh these canines um normally move in packs and that also circles into their morals and stuff because they are small guerrilla groups that have one leader mm-hmm. that uh, practices the uh, uh, the rights uh, that can change depending on who you're going to and what's going on. Like different packs are going to have different rights. Different regions are going to have different rights that they respect. And because right. it's the Sabbat, if you aren't a good leader, they will just fucking eat you and make, mm-hmm. make another one. That new guy might make his own rights. They also yeah. Usually, at least in this new book, it says that most packs follow one path. Yep. The pack has one path. There is no, like, uh, this guy's got Tim's path and the other one's got Jerry's path. Nope. Everybody follows Jerry's path or we kill him. Yeah. Or throw him out. Yeah, whatever. Whichever path of enlightenment that you you choose, that that one pack will have that one vibe and that's kind of what they go with. And they also maintain this cohesion with Viniculum, which is bonding with the whole group, with Mm -hmm. each other. It also oh, like blood bonding. Blood bonding. Yeah, yeah. Okay. they don't they don't go to a company retreat and like shoot paintballs. Mm. Well, no, they they, they sip each other. In old world, uh, one of the big things about that was, and it was one of the good selling things was it was developed because it broke other blood bonds. Oh, it still does that, but yeah, it yeah, also no, no, no. rebinds you with everybody in the group. I, it does that too. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that was the original thing. Was it was just like oh. Yeah, when we're rebelling, oh yeah, you're you're stuck to your elders. You can't kill your elders, and they're controlling you and gonna throw you in the first Inquisition. We have this new ritual that'll help with that. It'll make it'll make us good. We'll we'll be ready to take on our elders and kill them. We're gonna break the blood bonds, and then we're gonna be cool guys. That's just, that's what it was originally. It sounds like they're they're, they're selling. Hey, let's all get blood bonded to each other. That's yeah. Uh, that's right? what. It was. Yeah, that's, let's that's, go. Let's get drunk in, Yeah, let's just get drunk in Vegas and get matching tattoos. Yeah, we're brothers. Right. It, it's we're brothers of... in this war against the antediluvians. Yeah. Well, well let's we're... go kill a city. It's kind of like how ancient soldiers used to like bugger each other so that they would care and try and protect each other more on the battlefield. You're like, yeah. I'm gonna miss that butthole. <laughs> that booty just well, claps. <laughs> All up on this battlefield. The point that might have been missed that I was trying to say was it was in the Anarch Revolt when it came out. The actual, like, actively they could see their sires chucking them to the First Inquisition and just going, no, 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 you stay and die. You Hmm. you stay and die and be a corpse. And they're like, wait, we found a thing to do this. It has some side effects, but, like, that's what it was originally. was like, hey, we're, we're using this for good. And then it turned into... What it is the dag, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid hard. Flavor-Aid. Yeah. They skimped on the price for Kool-Aid because it was too expensive. And they went with Flavor-Aid instead. Which is also not of that cult, but I believe Flavor-Aid itself is made in Indiana. It was, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. The, oh, you can Indiana. still find it. Yeah. 
Oh, I buy it when I find it. It's kind of rare nowadays, but yeah. it's out there. It's still yeah. it still be hopping. But yes, but why all this hate and kerfuffle and damage and harm to one's soul over the antediluvians? The reason of it is boils down to, according to the general dogma of the Sabbat, the antediluvians are basically gods that when they uh, pop out of the ground after being asleep for millennia, they're not going to stop with just... Uh, eating just the canites they're gonna eat fucking everything like this is game over man and i know we mentioned this in so many alien references in my life for the past like month and i love it yes. <laughs> but i know we mentioned this in a previous episode but it is not just oh they're gonna eat all the canites oh they might eat all the vampires oh they might eat all the humans Literally, might like universe destroying. Like, oh, we're just going to eat until there is nothingness, including each other. They also, again, for the religious reasons, believe, oh, we would have lived in a vampire utopia, which it was. Was it Carthage? No, uh, Enoch. Which, Enoch. Yeah, yeah, Enoch. Yeah, everything would have been perfect. We had a vampire city, Enoch, where everything was good, and then the the. Or, Cain's original children were the ones running it, and then their children, the Antediluvians, ate those, and then it fucked up our perfect party. We would have had the perfect vampire society party if it wouldn't have been for those damn Antediluvians. Which is, you know, kind of funny. They're so pissed that the Antediluvians ate their sires, but then they're like, let's fucking eat everybody. Yeah, also the same with the... Uh, your damn elders are abusing you with, like, mind control. Come here, let me abuse you with mind control. (laughs) When we're making you, we are literally erasing every part of you that came before. You'll still have your skills. You'll still have everything we think that's useful. Which, Hunter, if you can edit in a fucking sick guitar riff to this, this line I thought was really good and kind of encapsulates just the core, what the Sabbat thinks of themselves. Yeah, then give it a pause. Yeah. When one is tasked with killing an entire pantheon of gods, anything less than the total devotion and total ruthlessness is a luxury. Yeah, which sounds really badass, but then you kind of have to also look at the totality of the badassery and go, but at what cost? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, 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 I know, like, uh, stopping the Andalusians is, is a good goal. I don't know if you need to crack a guy open in the middle of the street and paint pictures and blood from all of you and then, like, strewn his corpse pieces into an elaborate design in the middle of the fucking street, my guy. Like, But art. It's performance art, Sarah. Okay, Cathari. <laughs> Calm down. Yes. But structure. I Stru- kid. Oh, yes. Do you? You, you shouldn't don't. arrange someone's intestines into... A beautiful butterfly. No, not without consent. Right. If you, I mean, baby if, jokes at the beginning of this. They, the men in black are coming. Come on, man. I don't know what you're talking about. He's a, he hasn't hard. done one baby eating joke. Baby joke. I he had just... the perfect opportunity just now to make a baby joke, and instead I used intestines. Yes. They've learned. But yeah, structure. Shockingly, the Sabbat does technically have it. Um. Basically because uh, between, you know, throwing themselves into the Gehenna Wars and the fighting of Indiluvians, just getting fucking nuked from orbit by various Second Inquisition agents and infighting, um, the structure that was once was doesn't really exist to the point that the uh, the spot technically had an ultimate leader, technically, uh, that's called the Regent. 
We don't know who that is. We don't know what the fuck they are. We don't even know if that possession still exists. But it's mentioned in the book, so I've mentioned it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you generally are going to run into is archbishops and bishops as being the, the leadership now, which uh, they basically kind of work as general, like, regional managers where they're kind of the tacticians that are just like, okay, I have the resources, I have guns, and I got, you know, places to hide, I got intel, I can kind of vaguely herd these cats a little bit. Um, archbishops tend to hold a few sections or one important section and bishops tend to hold one little section. So I know that it also states that the Sabbat doesn't really hold domain anymore. So would it be like this guy is an archbishop. He is the archbishop of Chicago, just like there's still a prince of Chicago, but he's secretly in charge of the Sabbat in Chicago. Yes. Yeah. It'd be like that or, um... We'll say after you describe them like that, I just think of them all as John C. McGinley. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, There, there's hives or areas where they're still fairly prominent or doing things. Um, how uh, uh, reasonable the bishops and archbishops are, uh, that would be left up to storyteller discretion. Because I don't know which one's more frightening, just a... a cool and like level-headed strategic like uh like military guy or just an absolutely fucking off his goddamn rocker uh like a cultist kind of like cult religious kind of fanatic that is got believes that he's infused with the power of god and anime to kick ass for the lord and anybody who gets in his way is immediately crushed. I think they're both fucking terrifying in different ways. And until run with that how you want. A, until he gets bit by a zombie head flying from the sky. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, there is also a position called a cardinal, which is just basically kind of like a mid-tier kind of warlord kind of character. There's not many of them. But it could somebody could just be like, I'm Cardinal blah, blah, blah. And I'm fighting for the city of Rio de Janeiro. And you're just kind of like... Oh, fuck. He get, he's in the spot and he gave himself a title. Fuck. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So you're not allowed to give yourself just a random title? No, you can. Spot? That's the thing. Actually, oh, yeah. There's to- I was about to say, That's excuse kind of the, the fuck out yeah. of me. It says freedom and I want to be called uh, the Duke. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Some of these titles, you shouldn't, call, you shouldn't take them unless you're willing to defend that hmm. because they will bitch slap the shit out of you. But yeah, if you're just like, I am Duke Earlshire of Kensington, they'll be like, Good day to you, sir. Yeah. All right, I'm going to be the Duke, and I'll fight you guys for it. I mean, that's fine. Like, within the spot, a lot of their structures cool. are making I'm fun of the Catholic Church, so that's why they have Bishop, Archbishop, well, Cardinal. none of us are subbot. Speaking yeah, that's of. Yeah, Duke uh, also means poop, so I'm just going to let you have it. Gonna, oh, I didn't say Duke-y. We're going to slide on past that to the pack priest. This is generally uh, the leadership you would see, and it is the guy or gal or they who is in charge of the little gaggle of fucking terrorists. That are in your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you think the guy that just like clicks and runs away just, I don't know, talks in Morris code to they, the rest of his little pack? They might. They they might have detached themselves so hard that uh, when they've reformed, they basically have their own language that they communicate in hmm. now that you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know what this is, but I'm frightened. I won't spoil it. Um, I've fun. kind of jumped around chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my reading, uh, but that is fully possible. Yeah, like cool. 
Yep. I mean, that's that's cool. I like that. It's really cool, but also yeah. you're just also like, also really uh. scary, but really cool. Yeah. It's fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there is the general, what is called the true spot. So anybody who's a canine who's gone through the rituals of getting rid of their humanity is true spot. And that's most people. There's very few, like, uh, I've got a position of authority. Mm-hmm. And even then it's like, do you really though? Yeah, I was kind of questioning this whole thing. It's like one of their big things is question authority 100% of mm-hmm. the time. By the way, here's some people who are, your, who are your authority. Yeah, well, it's kind of authorities by virtue of violence. Got it. Yeah. Got it. It's like, hey, I don't know if I like uh, agree with that. Okay, well, I'll just rip your throat out. Yeah. And then... I was like, I'll rip your throat out because, you know, you're a canine and you'll heal from this. And if you don't, you're a little bitch. Mm, got it. And you better fucking get your shit together. Also... That's 100%. Also, some of these people may have been around long enough before they got real fucked up that they could just be using a title that they had in a city that's not even held by the Sabbat anymore. Right. But just by virtue of still being alive and around, they are the fucking archbishop or whatever. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because again, they have like, they have abandoned their land holdings. They just went, it's the reason why, again, I lost my shit. Of all the cities that they're like, oh yeah, the Sabbat used to have this. They didn't mention Montreal, which is a big weird thing. There's a whole game for that that is canon and has story in it. I just haven't bought it because I don't have the money. So that could be a later episode. Also, uh, as like just being one of the tentpole clans, the Zemites, um, they might just hold on to those titles because, no, I am the true... Oh yeah, for but sure. This if, is my if, title. If I don't. Zemitsi and and yeah. This yeah. is my yeah. land. If I may be in another country now, but in twenty years, if I decide to go back, it is my land, Honestly, and I will I, claim it. I haven't. I have not read the book because I don't do the homework, guys. I'm the cool kid in the class. Um, I mean, let's be real. A Zemitsi that's like get, getting the beckoning, or is uh, you know called to go to war, and is like, no, this is my land would probably just meld with it. They'd probably be like, okay, well, I can't go to the beckoning if I'm just the ground. <laughs> Pick me up now, you asshole. That's the ultimate version of just fucking de- like dead go yeah. himself. <laughs> just go dead in. waiting. Just like, make me. Bleh. Pick my ass up. I dare you. Let's go. <laughs> just meld and then torpor. Just yeah, like, yeah. Just... Or not even torpor. I mean, like, one of the high-level powers here in V5 is... You meld with, like, your haven, and then everything within, like, a mile radius you can, like, sense through the things on your, you know, in in your territory. So it's like, I could totally see Azamitsi just being like, I am a, a, what, what, the archbishop? I am the archbishop. I am also this house. You know, and they only come out when it's time to yell at somebody or something like that. That would also just be an interesting story of them trying to do that but like the beckoning is a mental thing not a physical thing and they're just like Bleh. like they're struggling like yeah my land or my yeah because it that'd be a really cool haunted house game this book mm-hmm. still has Shit. not said what the beckoning is yeah yeah what yeah there's a couple other little notes yeah. of titles in the spot that yeah. just might pop up you could use them in your game no no, no. there is the priscus um, this is a specialized spot that deals in intelligence gathering. Weirdly enough, they're often not tied to a pack. I was about to say, so they Clicky are. Boy is probably not a Priscus. No, no, Clicky Boy is probably not. These these ones, Maybe. when I've read about them, I'm like, these ones I find particularly terrifying because they are like running around in between different packs and sharing intel and talking to each other and planning things. And I'm just like, 
oh, this is a freelance Sabat guy who's got the skills to be alone? No. That's pretty intense. That's, mm this is, this is John Wick with powers. There's no way that dude doesn't just walk into a pack and go, who can I merc here? Oh, yeah, no, it doesn't actually kill the pack leader, just claps him, is like, all right, listen, here's your info, and then just fucks off, and they're like, man, knock our pack priest into torpor. I guess we gotta eat him now. Tim, do you want to be the pack priest now? <laughs> Yay! Cool! Hey! It's my turn! Yeah. Tim got a promotion! Hey! Oh, Let's... Is this because I made Tim thwack? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's also the term paladin or templar because, you know, the uh, pursuant of making fun of the Catholics has to continue. Uh, this was a title used before the beckoning to denote a canite of uh, special note or of good deed. Within the Sabbat, um, younger Sabbat that have arisen since the beckoning. I'm not going to know what the fuck this is mm-hmm. unless they've got some sort of like education about the situation, which is funny because uh, one of the uh, Lasombra characters in uh, Chicago by Night still uses that shit. And it's very funny to be like, yeah, you're Swigswagon with this cool title and nobody knows what the fuck this means because Cam doesn't fucking care. And any of the baby Sabbats are going to not know what the fuck this is. That's funny. I like that. And then the last term, the fan favorite. Shuffleheads! Sounds fun. It's awful. It is bad. It's very bad. This is it's this, a is, this is literally a war crime. Yep. Who wants to describe what shuffleheading is? Uh, because there are two terms for this. Yes. Again, uh, shovelhead, otherwise known as a thwack, is also a version of it. Uh, shovelheads. <laughs> They're new recruits, and they have a very fun way to uh, <laughs> mass recruit for Sabat. Is it is it a fundraiser? Is it a cookie drive? No. Damn. Uh, it's the practice of shovelheading involves knocking a bunch of folks unconscious, throwing them into a hole, pouring Vitae on them, filling the hole, and then waiting to see who comes out. Yeah, definitely not a cake bake. Mm-hmm. Dang. There's not a duck dunk tank at it's this. Not, well, I mean, there technically party. is a dunk tank. Hey! And by dunk tank, we mean we. It's a hole in the ground that we filled with people, and then. Yeah, it's like, more like a cherry mud pie. Yeah, it's kind of like I think it's sharks that sometimes like lay clusters of eggs, and or no, they don't lay eggs. The the, the sharks that give live birth sometimes they'll like fight and eat each other in the womb, mm-hmm. and then pop out and be like, "I'm the ultimate shark." It's so this it, is a pretty intense version of mud wrestling. Yeah, this is a well. It's uh, it's definitely a thing to get rid of their humanity. It's an indoctrination. It's just a, it's a lot of ways to build up shock troops. Because again, in old world, that used to just be a surprise, like hurricane season for Cam cities. You'd just be like, what's that loud screaming noise we're hearing from the? Oh my god, there are twenty vampires running directly into the city in one direction. <gasps> you ever it's it, shovelhead season? If you've ever played uh, the PC game. Mm-hmm. That's one of the inciting incidents in the game. Mm-hmm. Our shovelheads. Yeah. Bloodlines. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I need to re- replay that. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's. And uh, that's a big thing is uh, any Sabbat that are embraced in the traditional sense are hazed viciously if they weren't shovelheaded. Hmm. If they did not go through the ritual of shovelheading or thwacking, they are. You do not get the kudos big boy points. There's only, like, I think one path that's like, hey, we don't shovel head. That's because we have a specific thing we're doing. Yeah, and even then, they're still just going to be... Yeah, they're still going to get hazed by other people if they can't fuck a bitch up. I was about to say, so yeah. then you just got to, like, 
yeah, just put start. somebody in their place. Yeah, yeah he's gonna Make start fun like of me. Yeah, drop people's elbow on you, son. Which those people are magic, so they'll just be like mm, blood sorcery. Fuck off. Yeah, but you know it's also like the sire could, depending on what's going on, just be a dick. It'd be like, well, I mean, you're still technically bonded to me, so uh, sit. You guys can do whatever you want to them. They need to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, no. And also, if they're not um, shovel-heading people, remember what we talked about earlier? Mm-hmm. They're probably doing some kind of fucked-up eugenicist-like bullshit trying to, like... like oh, this uh, one's got power. Uh, again... Just read the paths. There's one that's like, no, they don't. They do it in the traditional sense for a reason. It's a real fucked up. They're like, no, I don't want to hit his head. I like his mind. I need them just as smart as they were before, but no emotions. <laughs> yeah. This, how do we Ted Kaczynski this bitch? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, wraps on that. So thoughts on the book and the spot. I have not finished the book. I'm kind of nearing the mid section and I've been debating with myself about whether or not I should read on. Mm -hmm. It is a very um, ST focused book and I'm trying to decide how much I really want to spoil for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've read a lot of the old world stuff and this definitely wipes that slate clean. Not necessarily. It's basically like continuation. So you know, in the old world, they were prepping for Gehenna. Gehenna's happening. It, it now, bitch. Yeah, it, it here. Now. Again, I'll be right in the episode. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. But I mean, as a player, as someone who knows a lot of the old world stuff, and just reading kind of the first half of the book and mm-hmm. what we've discussed here. Um, I'm sure there's mention of old stuff, but it really is such a big change in their structure and what they're doing that everything I know previously from the story, my brain can kind of just throw out and say, well, maybe that matters. Maybe that guy got like fucking eight, three years ago kind of thing. So, but from what I've read, it's fucking terrifying. There are some awesome things. Um, I would say the dis- I went ahead and snuck a peek at the disciplines because I'm always interested in those. But I would say if you have an ounce of self-control, maybe see if your storyteller wants to offer that to your character. If they would say think that would be good for a character, because there's a couple of them I could see players using. But for the most part, like I think this is a very st focused book. And if you're player a player who's not planning on running a game. I wouldn't read too far into it. That's all I've seen so far is it's very, 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 very plot heavy. Mm-hmm. I'd say if you don't read what they're going with right now, it can be good. Cause I literally, I in prep for this and helping Sarah write this episode, chewing through this, I literally had a concept for two characters coming. Cause I'm like, Oh no, I have two really good stories for like ex sabot players that like, I got the hell out. I got the hell out. I want to be a, I want to be a extra human. Like I still recognize that I am not human, but I wish to have a humanity path. Like I didn't want to go down the path path. Like there's a lot of good stuff you can do in that. Like again, a patter that is a shovel head. That's amazing. You just like, I just escaped. They hit me with a shovel. I don't have any memories. I, I, I don't want to sign up for this. Who's taking me in? Anarchs? Cam? Not yeah. them. That, that's a decent character concept. Just a, 
Well, I shovel-headed, and somehow I got away. No, that's or a great... did I? That's or a great character, I? but I think that's that's still not jumping into the deep, like... Oh, yeah, no. The deep, like, deep end of the story that's presented here. That's the stuff I would talk to your storyteller if you are playing a game, be like, hey, are you focusing heavily on any of this stuff so I don't read it? I mean, that's usually a good question, but this book specifically, it's kind of like... Um, any setting book it's kind of difficult to hand to your players sometimes when like the back quarter of the book is like there's just an adventure in there by the way yeah Mm -hmm. um i will say at least if you're interested in the book anybody who has read any anyone who's read uh deeply into beckett's jihad diary this is a good like ah Things I read in that book are now being picked up and run with, and oh no, oh no, 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 no. Yes, but no. Ooh. So that was exciting to read things go, I know that name. Oh no. Oh. Oh, this is bad. This is very bad. This is great, but oh no. Mm -mm. I'm on my fourth sit down read through of the Illuminatus trilogy. Mm -hmm. So I just have not had the brain power to try and sit down with Beckett's. I'm shocked you're like here talking to us right now. Yeah, I get a little farther every time. That's my goal. Yeah. I read as far as I can, and then I just kind of process and take a break, and I restart the book again. Because the collection I have is the entire trilogy is one book. It's not split oh, up. No. no, it's rad. It's rad, but your brain. Um, any thoughts you had on the spot, John? They seem like shit fucks. Yeah, big old dick butts. Oh, um, they're, they're spooky. Yeah, I mean, I I was I was expecting kind of as as awful as they are to be this. I guess I was kind of hoping for more of like the just spooky. Yeah. And I was crossing my fingers for a little bit less of the like Damn. unit 731. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's good stuff in the uh, notes for storytellers to be like, "Hey, if you want to set up something that's spooky, just fuck with your players." There's some really good stuff for that, mm-hmm. and I didn't get into that because when I were planning on doing more of like a deep dive on right. uh, the book and the. So if you want to introduce this into your game in a way that's like actually spooky, uh, here are our thoughts on that and some hopefully some freebies. I think we're planning on doing some freebies with the deep dive episodes. Cool. Join Patreon to vote on those things, I yeah. guess. But um, at least for now, because uh, as far as my understanding, we can give a little bit of interest in homebrew stuff. Because I know a lot of people online were just like, I'm mad I can't play this as a PC. And I'm like, there's literally nothing stopping you from you doing this at your table if you want. If they would. I don't advise you just bringing us a bot character into your fucking troop uh, without, like, asking the ST and the other players, seeing if they're cool with it. That's how you get kicked out of a troop. Yeah. um, But the options that I kind of roughly came up with um for if you wish to do this at home is um get rid of the humanity tracker on your character sheet just don't fucking have it um and set the chronicle tenants to be the ethics for the path and everybody in the group has to pick the same thing so there's no humanity tracker there's no convictions you just have the chronicle tenants everybody has the same chronicle tenants that works that works um kind of addendum i had to that was erase the word humanity on the humanity tracker and replace it with like path of enlightenment or path of whatever the path of enlightenment you pick is. And again, also set the, and also again set the chronicle tenants to be the ethics for the path. Um, and if you want to pursue that a little further, everybody who's in the pack with you, you pick one person in the pack that most exemplifies one of the ethics. So like, oh yeah, 
you know, Todd's really good at this at the ethic one, and Jill's good at ethic two, and uh, Travis is good at three. And then those are your quote unquote touchstones. So anytime during the game you do something that goes against the ethics, uh, you take a stain for that. I like it. Yeah, so there's ways to do it if you want. I'm sorry that, yes. Oh, you can continue your sentence. I was oh, gonna. sorry. Yeah, it's like, you can do this if you want. I'm sorry that the the writers of the book series realized that they made monsters and they're trying to not be unethical fucking edgelord douchebags and they just didn't hand you a fucking written loaded gun to fuck everybody's day up with. Yes. Um, I had a third suggestion Mm -hmm. um, for ways you could run this. Now, just something I was kind of conceptualizing in my head, Mm -hmm. but what if... You basically, again, you could get rid of the humani- name humanity or whatever, but you basically ran everything in reverse. So in a standard vampire game, the closer you get to, lo- or the lower your humanity gets, the stronger the beast is inside your head, and you're mm-hmm. struggling against your beast for control. In a Sabat game, you could almost do the opposite, where instead of having the ST being like the voice of the beast in your head, your character is basically the beast. You have completely given yourself to the beast and the voice you hear in your head is the little sliver of humanity you have left. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting concept. That'd be a little hard with some of the paths. You haven't got to them yet. Yeah, no, I honestly think that's a really good idea where it's just that last little nugget of like, hey, maybe don't do this thing because it's like super fucked up. Uh, The only, the only like fluff annoyance and that is the book does make up the bring up the point that members of the sabbat are really prone to wassailing or just going full like white like nuts losing their mind and being just insane kill monsters so they have to maintain a certain amount of control of themselves to not do that which is why they have the paths to kind of like keep them just focused enough to not like completely go batshit so how you might want to balance that in your own table, that's up to you. Again, I'm not here to, to, to shame anybody into running certain games of like, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. I might not be at your fucking table, though. I'm going to be straight up. Well, I, I think that would be the only way to me that would keep it interesting is in those moments of clarity, in those moments where you're not like absolutely ripping through a minivan full of like children that like there's a little voice in your head being like, Oh, fuck i had a son just something even like for a moment you pause before yeah. like continuing your rampage mm-hmm. so you would need something like that and you, yeah. even if you don't want to gamify that out with the full like humanity tracker kind of thing mm-hmm. i that is still a way i would something oh. i would definitely try and force is like there's still that voice of like well, oh yeah i used to be named tim and i had a wife before you like the white hot embers of your brain just go back into a complete rage yeah, no, absolutely. I think it'd be fun if you ran a pack. This is completely off topic now, but well, fuck that. Um, to we have four of us here, right? Yes. So roll a d4, and you're just blood bonded to that person, mm-hmm. like straight up, like you write it on your sheet. Well, you're blood bonded to each other as a pack with the vaniculum. Just no so. matter what. Oh, yep. Okay, never mind. Fuck that. No, no, no. You can be slightly more blood bonded to somebody if you want in the pack. Hmm. Or mm-hmm. it talks about in the book, you know, every group runs differently. They all have their own different rituals and practices. They don't have to all do the viniculum. You could have a pack that's just like, all right, you blood bond her. She's going to blood bond him and right. just make like a spider web of. It's just a Mexican standoff of 
Blythonic. Yeah, I think that's a fun idea. And it would definitely kind of, I mean, you could do something similar to that and with any sect, but I think it would be especially apt here. But it would kind of create like an interconnected web of like politics mm-hmm. that otherwise would be kind of lacking in a Sabbat game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So that was the Sabbat uh, social Darwinism with uh, blood and rock and roll and uh, it's spooky. It's very scary. I really fucking love everything I've read with the Sabbat book. It's great. It, I feel so fucking valid as a Vampire the Masquerade player being like, hey, uh, the Sabbat have a bunch of these problems that like uh, people should probably bring up in their games as like, this is kind of fucked up. And I really appreciate that the publishers went, you're right. You know what? This is actually really fucked up and we should acknowledge that as a company. And I'm like, thank God somebody fucking said it. Jesus Christ. Well, not just that. I completely agree. But I think it also, um, I can't remember the last time I read for any setting, any tabletop game. um, I can't remember the last time I read a description of a villain or an enemy class that actually like unnerved me or made me uncomfortable from beginning to end, I not end because I haven't finished it, but as far as I've gotten, and I think taking away those player options and those sometimes there's good guys really helps with that because beginning to end, this is a monster. This is something you don't want to deal with. This is some not something you can have a conversation with. This is not something you'd be like, oh, I'm from 200 years ago too. I read that book. There is no like. Well, we played cricket together once back in uh, Lancashire. I, I will say, because you haven't gotten into it, there is one bit that I'm like, that's interesting and might be going somewhere. And it's what they're doing with the Thin Bloods. Oh, God. Yeah, no, we'll go into that on the deep end. Yeah, because exactly. what they're doing with the Thin Bloods is so fucking good. Yeah, that is it's so fucking good. interesting and might not be as... It might be like the diet fucked up. Oh, no, it's more fucked up. Well, no, no, no. I don't mean their path. I mean the way how the Thin Bloods act. Not, yeah. not their, not their specific path. That thing, that's fucked. Yeah, but, but it's also like I can see why they got there, and mm-hmm. you get some really interesting, like, why do people do some of these really horrendous things when they're pushed? And it's like, yeah, well, if you push certain groups of people into certain situations, they're gonna, some of them will react in a very violent and just extreme way and it's like i get why they're doing that it's still not good and it's very bad and oh god it's very spooky but it's like i i see why they're there there's there's some sympathy there at least i if we do the if you guys vote for it and we do the deep dive on sabbat episode um there's a book that i've had sitting on my shelf for years now i bought it out of morbid curiosity in like a dollar bookstore Mm -hmm. it's called um unsettling accounts and it is nothing but interviews with people who've been convicted of war crimes. And it's literally just sitting down and be like, why'd you do it? And them talking through the process of what they did, what led them to that moment and how they felt about it when they did it. And Mm. now, and I started reading it back in college, decided I didn't have the stomach to finish it. Um, But I will dive back into some of that. If we do do a Sabat deep dive, I think stuff like that is really interesting and you can humanize a monster because there are human monsters and still have it be terrifying. Yep. But yeah, uh, this episode is going to be a little bit more of a downer than I expected, but it's like <laughs> you kind of have to if you're going to talk about this with any sense of like actual weight it deserves. 
Because, yeah, it's not just like, oh, no, I killed a guy. This is like... Hell, yeah, I killed a guy. Yeah, no, it's Fuck not... Yeah. yeah, no, this is like dehumanization. This is just... Theming in this does relate to things that have, like, fucked our society and are still continuing to fuck our society. So it's just kind of like, hey, if you're going to have this in your story, that's fine. But maybe, like... Be aware of the ramification of your choices, bum bum. Thanks, Paralyze, for your music. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, it'll be uh, all okay. Just go put on some Immortal Records and like... Oh, God. I'm going to need more ice cream. Like, I... Too late. Ice cream's closed. I know. Like, y'all, I spent like two weeks listening uh, to documentaries about social Darwinism and eugenics for this podcast i'm just like Ugh. i will i will take that responsibility on next time <laughs> there's a couple books that i've been meaning to stomach anyway mm-hmm. so yeah and you know this, this is a fun game i like it and i also like the fact that it's like uh you you can it, it allows people to process some of these things that are really heavy and weighty and worldy and just kind of bring it down to a level where you're like Oh, this does have some weight and meaning to it, and I should probably pay attention to things. So, yay, just trying to be a better person. We exist on Twitter. That doesn't, I don't know, does Twitter make us better people? No. I don't know. It's at Blank Bodies. Uh, We're also on Instagram. At Blank Bodies Pod. Uh. (laughs) We're all really stoked right now. We are, but also just like, fuck. Yeah. um. Check out our link tree, it's linked below. Yeah, we got a bunch of free stuff. That's got, always we fun. We do have the freebies that are fun. You can torture Benny. Please don't put Benny in the Sabat. I'll yeah, be real Yeah, Benny sad. is not a Sabat character. Can we make that canon? Yes. I mean... He can we, face off against the Sabat. He is it's too weird. big of a... He's kind of a... He's yeah. too big of a wiener. He would just get killed. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, you want to join our pack? Well, and he'd be like, well, I don't know. And I, they'd be like, well, we're okay, we've crushed your head now. I, yeah, I was about to say, I think that's the more accurate statement is to be like, Benny is 4A into the Sabbat. Benny enters the spot. Benny is immediately murked. Yeah. Benny realizes they're a little bit of a wiener, so they can't be involved <laughs> in the Sabbat. So they just are like, if my if I make myself real small, they won't notice me. Which might actually work, honestly. If you just make yourself a complete non-threat. Yeah. Because then you're not strong enough to be worth eating. Yeah, they're just kind of like, yeah, I've got other, I've got other yeah. things to deal with. Yeah. We've also got our notes on blood resonance in there. We've got yeah. the... Um, blank character sheets. Uh, there may be some other stuff up there by the time this episode's out. I don't yeah. remember. I would like to go ahead and since we haven't in a while, thank Nerdbert for our fucking character the sheets. The sheets were yeah. so yeah, cool, man. So good. We're gonna cover the Anarchs next week, and it's gonna be a little bit lighter, a lot lighter, a lot lighter. We're gonna, gonna be partying and booze. Hey guys, you remember what you thought the old Sabat was like? It, you can just do that in the Anarchs. It's just the Anarchs. Do you want to be an edgy fuck stick with a katana that's like fighting against uh, the establishment? You could just yeah. If you want to be Anarchs. if you want to be the antihero that fights the antediluvians, you could also just be an Anarch and just, not do the brain rape. If you want, you can focus on killing the antediluvians, not everybody else. Also, next ep- week's episode is probably just going to be mostly us like side starring into weird life stories of ours oh, yeah no. I, I don't know why yeah should we i guess it's <laughs> i don't know why yeah. no totally totally not at we all wouldn't be anarchs no we're, way we're not anarchs at all i'm not um uh i guess you know this is our first gold star episode i guess <laughs> yeah yeah we didn't really get into it if you guys vote for sabat we'll get uh, into it deep dive that'll be a dark one yeah I'll bring banana stickers. No, I've already got the research. Is this a banana sticker? It's not. Yeah. Again, starts out good. Yeah, no. And then just 
Yeah. They had the best of intentions. Yeah, they, yeah. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, and it ends in banana stickers. This is a banana sticker episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got to go, because I got to drink booze now to feel less sad. I'm going to yes. go hang out with my puppies. <gasps> you do have cute puppies. Mm. Hell yeah. Mm. Goodbye. 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 Well, bye-bye Bye. now. Bye.